Well, I know Crystal already said it, but I want to say a great big welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You guys look so great. You look so wonderful. Come on, tell the person beside you, ask them, have you been working out? You look good today. Just say, you've been working out, man. You look good. You know, that just always makes you feel better when somebody asks you, even if you haven't. If somebody asks me, it's like, yeah, I've been working. I've been working out. I, I mowed outside yesterday, so that's working out, right? Huh? Oh, I tell you what, I'm so glad that you're here today and all of you that have joined us online. We're continuing the series called I Am Jesus. We started it last week on Easter Sunday, and if you missed that, you can go back online and you can watch uh, where Jesus said, I am the truth, the life, and the way. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Today, we're going to look into the book of uh, uh, we're going to look into the book of John, and uh, we're going to look at uh, actually, we're going to look at John and the book of Psalms. So what I want you to do before I read some scriptures from John, I want you to grab your Bibles or you can grab your uh, phone if you've got the phone uh, Bible online and open up and be ready to read with me uh, the 23rd Psalm. Well, in, in, in the Bible, actually in the book of John, Jesus there's, gives seven I am statements. He says, we talked about last week, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says that I am the gate. He says, I am the bread, I am the resurrection, I am the light of the world, I am the vine. And today, we're going to look at what he says in John chapter 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. Everyone say, good shepherd. Come on, say, good shepherd. Amen. Look at what it says in John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well, last week we looked at the fact that Jesus laid his, down his life for every one of us. And today he's saying, I have that for you as my sheep. He, I am the good shepherd. You know, did you notice he says the word good? If you have your, your outline there, your Bible's open, circle that word good. Because apparently the other shepherds weren't so good. Apparently they, they abused the sheep. They hurt the sheep. And how many of you know there are shepherds even today that hurt the sheep and abuse the sheep, huh? I can't tell you how many times I've invited someone to church and the first thing they do is they start sharing a story about how they were hurt by a shepherd or by a church. And God help us here at Capital City Church to be someone who represents the good shepherd, not the bad shepherds, amen? And then in verse one in John chapter 10, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold Rather than going through the gate, most surely be a thief, must surely be a thief and a robber. You've got to know that today there are a lot of shepherds out there that are doing everything they can to rob you and to, and to abuse you and to trick you. And you've got to know that unless it's founded in the word, unless it's founded in, in God's love letter to us, there's nothing to it. I heard a pastor tell me one time, and I just, I just he decided to plant his own church because he couldn't find anybody else that would agree with him. He said, you know, I like the Bible, but I don't think it's complete. And I think that God gives me more to add to the Bible. And that's what I preach from. Well, how many of you know that's really convenient, amen? <laughs> I just come up with my own stuff and tell you it was from the Lord. Well, I'm not going to do that today. We're going to look at the words of Jesus and what Jesus said. We're going to look at the words of, of uh, David and what David said about the good shepherd. And we're going to learn today that Jesus is 
our good shepherd. That's why I love that song. And thank you, praise team, for allowing me to sing with you today. I love to, to get back up here and, and worship with you. And we had a couple that weren't able to be here and one of them not feeling well. And so they, they drug me up here. And I, I know you can tell I just hate it, amen? And, uh, but I just love doing that. I love that song. You're a good, good father. You're a good father. You're not just a good father. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. John 10.10 says the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. Come on, you need to know there's people out there, their whole purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy Christ's followers. And a lot of times they'll do it in the name of God. A lot of times they'll do it in the name of the church. God help us. It says my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Did you know that Jesus' purpose was to give you a rich and a satisfying life. I want you to understand something this morning, that when we have Jesus, we lack nothing. You hear that? When we have Jesus, we lack nothing. So as you have your Bibles, I want you to open to the 23rd Psalm. And before I read that, can I just say a prayer today and just help us to gather our thoughts together? Lord, right now, I pray that you would help us to just quiet our souls and to be in this place before you. Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would speak through your word that is alive. Your word is a love letter to us. It's a lamp to our path. And God, right now, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts, make it come alive to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to do something that's very dangerous right now. I'm going to read out of my preaching Bible, and some of you might be asking, I think I mentioned this the other week, why don't you read out of the Bible more? And I'll tell you why, because I'm old. <laughs> uh, I can't see that well, and the older I get, the smaller the words get. My arms just aren't long enough to get this little font. I don't know what that font is, but I think it's a four, I'm pretty sure. But uh, this, is, uh, this is my preaching Bible. I, it was given to me uh, on my ordination day. It's, it's the Wesley Bible. It has a lot of commentation, and it's the New King James Version. But I just wanted to, to read it from the Bible. And if you're reading along, you can follow. It doesn't matter what version you have. They're all very close. But I just want to look at the Scripture itself, and then I want to dive into what it means. What are the implications that Jesus is our good shepherd? What, is, what does that say to us today? So are you ready? The good shepherd and the gracious host, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Stop right there. Some versions say I shall not lack or I have no need. I shall not want. Do you know that when you read this scripture, literally that first verse sets up the whole rest of the chapter? Because from then on, David begins to explain to us why we have no want. David begins to explain to us why we lack nothing. I want you to understand something, that if the Lord is your shepherd, if you call Jesus your Lord, if you are a Christ follower, and anyone can be, anyone should be in my estimation, you can know that you will lack nothing. You you will want nothing. You say, okay, hold on, stop right there, pastor. There's a lot of things I want. Well, you know, there's a lot of things we want and there's a lot of things we need and there's a difference in there. And what David is saying, if I really will follow Jesus as my shepherd, 
I shall not want. He goes on. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. We'll talk about what he might mean by that there. He leads me beside the still waters. Watch this. And he restores my soul. My prayer today that if you need your soul restored, that before we leave this room, you will feel full of God's presence and full of God's mercy, full of God's grace. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Now remember, the Lord is our shepherd, which means that we are the sheep. So in other words, if we have Jesus as our shepherd, we can walk through the most dangerous situation and know that we're okay because Jesus is there. And just like the disciples learned, the boat can't sink if Jesus is in the boat. Come on, say amen. The boat can't sink if Jesus is in the boat. It's just not going to happen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear not the wolves. I will fear not the danger because I know that you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now think about this for a moment. The sheep have learned that they've got to stay close to the shepherd or they're going to what? They're going to die. The wolves are going to come and they're going to tear them up. But they can literally be calm enough to eat even when the enemy is looking in, wanting to devour them because the shepherd is there to protect them. Now, my dog is a finicky eater. Anybody here have a dog that's a finicky eater? And she's just a little bit weird about her eating. And uh, literally, if we fix her food and walk out of the room, we'll come back in a couple minutes later, and she'll just be there shaking, looking at us, like, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do with that? What do I do with that? What is that? What is that for? And a lot of times, she will not even take a bite until we just kind of stand in the kitchen and make sure she knows everything's okay. I don't know if she was attacked one time while she was eating or what, but just us being in the room, she'll go ahead and eat. You prepare a table before me in the presence of all of the dangers around me, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. How many of you want a cup that runs over this morning? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, and all the days of my life, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. You know, there's a lot there, and we can't unpack it all. But I'm going to do my best to look at this scripture and do it in, through the eyes of the shepherd and the sheep. In the eyes of Jesus is our good shepherd, and we are the sheep. Let me give you some fun facts. Sheep are mentioned around 200 times more than any other animal in the Bible. Did you know that? <clears throat> it must be a pretty popular word in Scripture. Sheep is something that is very keen to uh, our, our relationship with Jesus. Here's another fun fact. Dogs are mentioned 44 times in Scripture. That's pretty cool. How many of you are dog owners? Raise your hand, huh? How many of your cat owners? Raise your hand. Okay, I love you very much. Cat's not mentioned one time. I don't know what that's about. Don't, don't, don't blame me. Take it up with the Lord, okay? He's the one that wrote it. I did not write it. I'm just saying take what away, whatever you want with that, okay? But, but let me tell you something. Being called a sheep. Now, I know you didn't come to church today to be insulted. But I just want you to know something. Being called a sheep is actually an insult. It's actually an insult. Have you ever seen a trained sheep at, at a circus? I never have. 
I've seen trained dogs. I've seen trained elephants. Uh, I know there's trained fleas. I've never seen them. I don't know if you can see them or not, but I said there's, I, I actually went to the flea market the other day. I didn't see one flea there, but I don't know. That's a whole other story. Sorry. Thank you. I'll be here all week. But you know what? There's, there's some challenges to being a sheep. And, and I, I know you didn't come to church as, you know, Easter was so great and we celebrated. We learned how much Jesus loves us and how, how great God is and how, how great we are. And now today, we're going to learn some stuff about sheep. And then we're going to realize that Jesus calls us his sheep. And it might get a little depressing, but just stick with me, okay? So if you're taking notes, let me give you four challenges of being a sheep. The first one is... Sheep get lost easily. How many of you are sitting beside someone that gets lost all the time? Raise your hand, huh? Have you heard of an iPhone, huh? They've got this thing called Google. You can look stuff up, huh? Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What is, what is it? We are sheep, and without Jesus, come on, we are lost. Without Jesus, we're going nowhere. So, you know, what we're learning about sheep, actually, is that sheep are pretty dumb. <laughs> sheep just really, they just don't have a lot going for them. And, and I can tell you something, I relate very well with that because I just know how dumb I am. Amen? Come on, Dad, don't say amen to that one. Number two, if you're taking notes, sheep are defenseless. They don't have fangs. They don't have claws. They don't even have wings where they can fly away. All they have is their voice. Bad dad joke coming, just a quick warning there. All they can do is say, back off. Sorry, that was bad, I should have left it out. I should have crossed that out. Sheep are defenseless, there's nothing they can do. They, they, just have to, they just have to take it. Number three, if you're taking notes, sheep are very stubborn. How many of you, you say, well, pastor, that's me. I'm kind of stubborn. Raise your hand. The rest of you just are really stubborn because you won't raise your hand. That's all I'm saying. That's just what, that's what I'm saying. Did, did sheep have no reverse. Did you know that? It's either forward or nothing. We just got to go forward. So the shepherd's got to figure out how to get them to where. Have you ever driven a car with no reverse? And so literally, you're going through the whole, it's kind of like pulling a trailer. You're going through your whole trip figuring out where you're going to go so you don't have to put it in reverse and get out of where you're at, Right? Sheep are very stubborn. And then the last one, I'm sorry, it's just true. And, and, and I know you've seen the pretty little pictures of the lambs and how cute they are. And Mary had a little lamb. His fleece was white as snow. She brought it home one day and her mom said no, right? Because sheep are filthy. Write that down. Sheep are filthy. They will not and they cannot even clean themselves. The bottom line is this. Sheep need a shepherd. Put that down somewhere in your notes. Sheep need a shepherd. And we need a savior. We need Jesus and without him, we are vulnerable to the lies and the attacks of the evil one. And that's why it's really, really good news when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, so good that I would lay my life down for the sheep. Now, what I want to do for the rest of our time together is I want to show you four incredible qualities of the good shepherd. And I pray that God will help us connect with these and bring them into our heart. I pray that you can apply these to, uh, to some way in your life. 
and bring it into your everyday life and know that the good shepherd cares about you. He loves you so dearly. So if you're ready, the first one, what does the good shepherd do for us? He guides. He guides. Psalm 23.3 says, He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, I mentioned earlier uh, about Google. How many of you use Google Maps or Waze or Apple Maps? How many of you use that when you're driving it going places, huh? And uh, I'll use that. Even if I know where I'm going, I'll use it because it has this handy-dandy little thing down in the bottom left-hand corner that tells you the speed limit so I can make sure that I'm within the, the regulated speed limit and not get pulled over. So that's pretty handy for me. So even when I'm going somewhere where I'm very familiar with, I, I go to Florida a lot, and, and I'll just throw, a lot of times I'll throw Google on or Waze because it knows where the accidents are and it will tell you, hey, go this way or go that way. I made one real big mistake. Uh, actually, it was when we were moving up here from South Florida and I was driving the largest U-Haul truck that they make. I think it's 26 feet. And uh, we were heading up the mountains through, uh, I believe it was Virginia. And uh, something popped up and said, uh, accident ahead. It's like an hour delay. Get off at this exit. We'll take you around. I said, yeah, that's the way it is, man. Let's do it. And so I, we were actually in a caravan and my wife was behind me with the van pulling a trailer from U-Haul. And we were, uh, we were just trying to make it to as far as we could that day. So uh, I took the exit and off I went and it was all looking good until it said, turn left here. And we started going up this hill. And then it all turned bad. <laughs> it, was, it was not, there was, I had no business being on this road in this 26-foot truck. And I mean, we were going around corners. If you could just picture, we were going around corners where half the truck was hanging off the road because there wasn't enough road to get around the corner unless I swung way out and came around. And, and I, I was making it, and man, I was white-knuckling that thing, and I was praying for Crystal behind me and, and hoping she was okay. And I, I was making it fine until, I kid you not, I looked ahead of me, and around one of the corners was a full-size bus coming the other way. I'm saying, oh, dear Lord, if you've ever answered prayer now, just help me make it over this mountain, huh? And so I learned then, you know what? I think I'll just wait in traffic, right? But, you know, Google's pretty good most of the time. But one day, I was headed to Florida, and Google gave me some information that I absolutely did not need to know. In fact, I literally took a screenshot of it and I brought it with me this morning. I said, I'm gonna use that sometime. I want you to look what it says there. It says, hey, Phil, I know you're headed to Florida and I know that you're gonna make pretty good time, about 13 hours and 16 minutes of driving time. But if you would get off on this next exit and make a U-turn and start heading the opposite way, how many of you need that kind of information? Now, there's no wrecks ahead. It just said, just in case you want to add an hour and 44 minutes, that's the good news. The better news is there's tolls if you go that way. What do you think, Phil? <laughs> I think I turned Google off at that point, huh? How many of you know that that's a lot of times what happens when we start following anyone or anything but Jesus? Come on, church, tell somebody you need to follow Jesus. You need to follow Jesus. Well, how do I do that? It's all right here. It's all right here. You follow the word of God, you follow the love letter of God, and it will chart the path for you. Isn't that beautiful? John 10, 3, verse, 10, verse 3 and 4 says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. 
and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Now, in order for us to be guided by Jesus, we have got to be able to recognize his voice. It says, the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. Do you see that? And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him and they know his voice. Think about that for a moment. We need to be able to recognize the voice of God. You've got to get to know him if you're going to recognize him. Now, there's been many times when I'd be looking for Crystal, and if you know Pastor Crystal, she's everywhere and, and moving everywhere, especially on Sunday morning and taking care of things. And this church could be full of 100, 200 people, and I can find her almost immediately just by listening for her voice. All I have to do is listen for her voice or her amazing, awesome, I love to hear her laugh, laugh. And, and I'll say, oh, there she is. I know where she's at. And I can walk right to her. Why? Because I know her intimately and I know her voice. In fact, there are many of you that if you call, even if there's not caller ID and you begin to talk, I will know who you are because I have a relationship with you and I know you by your voice. Many of you have been listening to me go on and on and on for years. And so if you hear my voice, you go, yeah, that's Pastor Phil. I can hear him again. I better, I better go the other way. I don't know what you say when you hear my voice. But anyway, I can understand exactly the tone and the cadence of my wife's voice. Why? Because I have a close, intimate relationship with her. That's why at Cap City Church, we don't talk about religion. We talk about relationship. We don't talk about rules and ritual. We talk about relationship. Because do you know something? Let me just let you in on a little secret. Listen very carefully. If you get nothing else, get this. It is not my job, thank God, to tell you what to do. It's not my job. My job is to lead you to the shepherd who will guide you into what to do. Do you see the difference? As a pastor, it's my job to prepare the food and to get it ready and to bring you to the table and introduce you to the Jesus that I know so that you will learn what I learned, that as you learn his voice, he will help you know daily what is right and what is wrong. I had to learn this early on as a pastor because I grew up in some pretty uh, conservative um, hellfire brimstone kind of churches. Now, my dad didn't preach that way, but we would go to camp meetings and sometimes revivals, and, and uh, man, they'd get to snorting and snarling and, and yelling and, and growling, and, and I was pretty sure uh, uh, they, they didn't like me, and I wasn't sure they even liked God. I mean, blah, blah, you know, like this, and, and I mean, they just, they just went at it, and, and they weren't happy until they literally would look around the room and see what people were wearing so they could preach against it. I, I, I kid you not, my mother went to one of these camp meetings once because... Uh, uh, it was uh, her mom's camp, and she just wanted to be there with her. And, and my mom went into this. This is a true story. She went into this camp meeting, and she was wearing a hair bow. And she looked around, and she was the only one that was wearing a hair bow. Now, you say, what do you mean you weren't a hair bow? Well, in this particular church camp meeting, it was a sin to wear a, hair, a bow in your hair because that was drawing attention to you, and it would create pride. You say, is, is that really even a thing? That sounds kind of weird. It is a thing, and it still goes on today. And so when I became a pastor, I had to kind of detox from that because 
a lot of times, and I know that, that Pastor David, you've heard people, that we call it preaching the clothesline. You know, you, you preach, don't wear this, don't wear this, don't wear that. And I always got word when they told the women not to wear pants. I mean, you got to tell them what some, better wear something, right? Come on. Are you with me? Are you even listening? Come on, come on. Now, that was funny. I don't care who you are. I'm going to laugh up here whether you laugh with me or not. So as I was becoming a pastor, God helped me see what my job was. He said, Phil, your job isn't to tell them what to do and what not to do. Your job is to introduce them to me, the good shepherd. And then they will be smart enough to go home and look in the mirror and look in their closet and look in their life and listen to my voice and know what is right and wrong. That way, Phil, they're not doing things because you told them to. They're doing things because I led them to. And that's what relationship is all about. And because I have a relationship with you and I love you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you where to go and who to talk to. And his name is Jesus. Amen? He is the one who guides. It says that he calls his sheep by name. And he leads them out. His job is to guide. Our job is to follow. The next one, if you're taking notes, is he provides. He provides. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The word for want literally means I will lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He makes me, look at this, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Well, what's the whole point of that? Well, sheep won't lie down if they're hungry. So we know that he's feeding the sheep or the sheep wouldn't be comfortable enough to lie down. Have you ever seen, have you ever driven by a bunch of sheep? Uh, and, and, and almost all the time they're standing up. Once in a while we'll see them lying down, maybe early in the morning, but they're almost always standing. Did you know that sheep will not lie down if they're hungry or if there's tension or if they're afraid? If any of those things are, are there, they're going to stand like this, just like my dog does and kind of shake and say, what do I do now? What do I do now? And what do I do now? And I say, Izzy, you're nine years old. It's food. We do this every day. Just please eat it. <laughs> Amen. And I think sometimes we need reminded by Jesus, I will be here to help you lie down in green pastures. I will lead you beside quiet waters. Why? Because they won't drink by the rushing waters. There's too much tension. And he refreshes our soul. Jesus guides us. He provides us. This next one might make you a little uncomfortable, but it's true. He corrects. He corrects us. You know the story of Job. Perhaps you've never heard it, but the story, if you've ever heard of, 
uh, it's, it be, has become a reference around the world. You know, uh, have you ever heard the phrase, poor as Job's turkey? <laughs> that was something I grew up on. He's as poor as Job's turkey. What do you mean? Well, Job was poor, so his turkey must have been, right? And Job had it bad. He, everybody turned against him. He lost everything. Look what he says in chapter 5, verse 17. Blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also, watch this, he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. And it reminds me of that painting of the good shepherd. In fact, I brought it along with me. And, and I don't want to ruin this painting for you. It's, it's a beautiful painting. We're going to put that up on the screen for you there. It's a beautiful painting. You've probably seen it of Jesus carrying the lamb. Isn't that beautiful? And every time I see that, that's me. That's me on his shoulder. He carries me anywhere I need to go. But let me just give you a little bit of background that might shed a little bit of light on this picture. Did you know, because Come on now, sheep are dumb, they're dirty, they're stubborn, they go their own way. And a lot of times the shepherd would have this one lamb or this one sheep that was always trying to get away, always trying to go. I had another dog like that. She was a rescue dog and she didn't want to be in the house because she was convinced that houses were bad, outside was good. And she'd do whatever, she, anytime she saw a door open, Oh, out she goes, you know. We would put fences around the yard to keep her in. She would find a hole, and if she couldn't find a hole, she would dig a hole under the fence to get out. Just a little Pekingese, but boy, she was stubborn, and she would run. And that's the way a lot of sheep are. Can I tell you something? That's the way a lot of us are. We get a little uncomfortable. We get a little bit worried. And instead of running to Jesus, instead of running to the church... We do the very opposite, which is the worst thing we can do, is we run away from Jesus, and we run away from the church, the one and the ones who love us the most. Well, understand, you know, our parents used to say, this is going to hurt me a lot more than it's going to hurt you. And maybe the shepherd would say that to the lamb that was always running away. But did you know that if that lamb kept running away, if usually it was just a little lamb, the sheep, they'd figure this out. But if that little lamb would run away, the shepherd, now just hang on, stick with me, would actually break its leg so it couldn't run. Now understand, it was doing it for the sheep's own good. How many parents in this room have said, I'm doing this for your own good? And the kids said, yeah, right. <laughs> but watch what the shepherd would do. See what Job said? He wounds, but he also binds up. The shepherd would take that lamb into his arms and would bind up the wound and would care for that lamb and would love it and carry it anywhere they needed to go, put it up on his shoulders and love it and nurture it and care for it. Guess what would happen? When that little lamb would begin to grow and begin to heal, the minute it had a chance to run, it wouldn't because it was connected to the vine who is Jesus. And anywhere the shepherd went, you knew you would see that little lamb and that sheep following. So when Jesus corrects us, it really is for our good because he wants us to be completely and totally dependent on him. Do you see that? Now, 
I'll just say this. I never say, oh, praise the Lord, I'm being disciplined. Thank you. Could you break the other leg, please, Jesus? No, I don't say that. It's, I'm not saying it's fun. But I'm saying when we're going through a struggle, when we're going through a hurt, when we're, when we're experiencing some pain, the best thing we can do is stop and get in the presence of God and say, Lord, what can I learn in this? Oh, I hope you're getting this. Because if you will begin to grab a hold of what Jesus is trying to tell us today, you will naturally begin to build a relationship with him. You will naturally begin to fall in love with him. The Hebrew writer says in chapter 12, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, everyone say later on. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Isn't that beautiful? And then the last one is he protects. He protects. We have a saying, it's here in America, I don't know if it's across the world or not, but I've mentioned this before. The saying is, uh, blood runs thicker than water. What do we mean by that? What do we mean by that? Blood runs thicker than water. What do we mean? Somebody tell me. Family, don't mess with my family. Blood runs thicker than water. Last week, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus that started with him on the cross shedding his blood so that he could wash away our sins with the blood of Christ. And through the blood of Christ, every Christ follower is the family of God. Blood runs thicker than water. And Jesus says, don't mess with my kid. Don't mess with my child. Don't mess with my sheep. That's mine, and I will be the one who will take care of him. I will take care of her. That's what Jesus says to us today. He is our protector. Even though, it says in verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're going to be with me, Lord, so I'm not going to fear the evil. I'm not going to fear the wolves. I'm not going to fear the attackers because I know you've got this. They can't touch me. I just want you to picture yourself in the house, okay? We're the family of God. The family of God has a home. Usually the home... Let's just say that we're in the house right now and, and, and we're together and, and Satan, Jesus has moved in, which means that Satan had to move out. Are you with me so far? And so the only thing, listen to me, the only thing, the only thing that Satan has is all he can do is stand in the windows and bang on the windows and say, let me in, let me in, let me in. Or he can stand at the door and bang on the door, let me in, let me in, let me in. Or say, no way, you can't come in here. This is God's house. Jesus lives here. You're not welcome. Get thee behind me. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you must flee. That is our right. That is our call. We are the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, and Satan cannot get in there. Now, he'll bang on the windows. He'll throw up a billboard that'll get you tempted to do something. Let's say your temptation, I'll just use mine, is donuts. 
and I've already driven past Buckeye Donuts and I've said no and I stop at a stop sign and I see this great big billboard that says, wouldn't you love a Buckeye Donut today? And I say, I sure would love a Buckeye Donut today. But do you know the only way I'm going to get a Buckeye Donut is if I make a U-turn and I go back in and I walk into Buckeye Donuts. They don't throw them at me. Come on, church. They don't walk in here and give me free donuts. It's a good thing or I'd weigh about 400 pounds. They don't do that. All they can do is say, please, 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 please stop in here and buy one of our donuts. Please, please, please. And I have the option to say no. And that's all the power that Satan has. All he can do is say, please, please, please do this. Please, please, please do that. And you have the power to say no in Jesus' name. I am protected by him. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I will stand in the strength of him. I don't know if that gets you excited this morning, but it gets me so excited we might be here all day. Jesus protects us. The donuts can't attack you. You have to let them in. Come on now. That's some good preaching, even if it is about donuts. Well, Jesus puts up roadblocks. No. And you just put in whatever it is that tempts you. I don't start going through the list because I may miss yours. And then you'll think, well, I'm okay then. No. You know what it is that tempts you. You know what it is that Satan throws up on the billboards and says, let me in, let me in, let me in. And Jesus says, if you will just run, resist the devil and flee, I will protect you against all evil. Wow. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I read a story about a drama professor that was teaching his class. And he said, I want all of you to read the 23rd Psalm, and I want you to give it as much dramatic flair as you possibly can. And he said, I'll go first. So he opened up his Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. I mean, he was a drama teacher, and he was going to give it all he had. And he finally ended up, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And the class erupted. I mean, people were clapping and they were shouting, yay, that was so amazing, that was so awesome. And he says, all right, who's next? And his gaze went across and he found the most shy person in the whole room. And he said, you're next. You come up here and read it. And he was a young Christian man just trying to get through speech class, kind of like me. I hated drama class. I know that might surprise you. I was like, oh, dear Lord, just let me get through it and get a C and move on. I don't want to talk in front of people. Uh, that's a whole story many of you have heard. I, I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't want to stand and talk in front of people. That just makes me a I cotton balls, the whole story. That's a whole other time. So he was kind of like me. So he gets up there. 
And in a quiet voice, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. <laughs> restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head. By this time, he was so embarrassed because he was crying. And I can understand it because I didn't expect to cry when I read this. But when I read it, I can't help it because I love Jesus and he loves me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And when he was done, it was just silence. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Jesus had showed up in that room, and he'd spoken through his living word. And the whole class sensed it. Even the professor. The professor looked at the class. And he says, well, there you have it. I know the psalm. But that guy knows the shepherd. <laughs> Do you know him? No, I ask you this morning. Do you know him? Because he's here. And he wants to know you. Just bow your heads for a moment. Dear Jesus, I just feel like we need to quiet our hearts before you for just a moment. and listen for your voice. Speak to us. Guide us, Lord. Protect us. Provide a way. Lord Jesus, I pray that right now, all across this room, we would sense that something going on in the heavenlies and they will recognize that through your spirit you are speaking to our hearts now Lord if there's anyone here that has never ever began a relationship with you Lord I pray that this would be their moment and if that's you here this morning or if you're watching online I want you to know 
that Jesus so desperately wants to have a relationship with you that he gave his life on a cross. He died. He gave it all. That's how much he loves you. And all you have to do is call upon his name and believe in your heart that he is Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says, If I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So here's what I want you to do. I just want to pray with you. Right here, this quiet moment. Don't let it leave. Don't let the enemy distract you. He's banging on the window right now trying to remind you that you've got things to do today. Put that out of your mind. Just listen. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door and lights me in, I will have a relationship with him. I will eat with him. I will sup with him. So Lord, right now, all across this room or watching online, there are those that are just thinking about this, and I pray that they would cross this line right now. And if that's you, I just want you to pray this. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I thank you for being the good shepherd. And I ask you to change me from the inside out. Come on, just say that to him. Change me, Jesus. I confess my wrongdoing. I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Make me new right now. I want to have that relationship that your word talks about today. Make me a new person. The best way I know how, I accept you as my Savior. And I believe on you. And I pray this in your name, Jesus, to the Father. And if there's those here today that you've known him, maybe for years, maybe for a week, maybe you're one of the ones that just got saved last week, but you sense God calling you to a deeper walk, let me just pray with you, okay? I just want you to just kind of build an altar right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just feel, I just think we need to just, just be in this quiet moment. Lord, if there's anyone here today that their heart has been stirred in a new and a fresh way and they sense you calling them to a deeper walk, a deeper relationship, Lord, I just pray right now they would have the courage to respond and to let you in further. Lord, I pray that you would help us to open up not just the door, but every room in our house every back closet in our life. Lord, we give you permission to come into the attic and into the basement of our life. Lord, we're just going to let it come out and give it to you. Examine us, Lord. Lead us. Direct us. Guide us. Protect us. We pray. And Lord, I celebrate with those that are praying this right now. Dear Jesus, Draw me closer to you. Draw me closer. Nearer, 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 blessed Lord. Right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Look up here. I want you to know something. In case you didn't know this, I want you to know it. I love you. I love you. And I count it an honor 
and a privilege to be your pastor. And I think it was last week or the week before, but I'm just going to say it again. My favorite time of the whole week is right here with Jesus and with you. I love you. But more importantly than that, I want you to know something. People fail. I don't always get it done right. But there is someone who does. And his name is Jesus. And he knew you before you were ever born. He designed and planned you for how you are. And he loves you exactly the way you are. He loves you with an everlasting love. I want you to hang on to that. You are something great. You are the creation that God created. He loves you with an everlasting love. So I want you to do this this week as we continue the series next week, I Am Jesus. I want you to do this. Every time you're discouraged, every time you're tempted, every time that something happens that might cause you to lose your joy, I want you to do two things. I want you to say, Jesus, I know you love me, and I love you too. And let's just let this be a week of love and deepened relationships. Because I know that if every person in this room and every person watching online will fall head over heels in love with Jesus, 23 acres is not going to be enough. I'm just telling you. Because people, if you don't understand this, your neighbor, your coworker, your family members, they're dying for love. <laughs> I'm asking the ushers to come, and while they're coming, I want to just share something really, 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 really cool with you. Last week, we had more cards turned in than we've ever had as far as connection cards. On those cards, we had more prayer requests than we've ever had shared before, and we're so thankful for that. And you need to know that every Thursday morning, our prayer team gathers in here, and we put those prayer requests on the altar, and we pray over those. If you turn in a prayer request, that was you were prayed for this week. And we're just believing that God is going to do great things. But I want to tell you, the greatest number is this that our best calculations are that last Sunday, on Easter Sunday, I think this is a record for us, 17 people began a relationship with Jesus Christ and we need to give God a praise. Come on. Come on, church. You can do better than that. Let's give God a praise today. Amen. And if you are one of those or if you accepted Christ today, I would love for you to meet Pastor David back in the back and he's going to be back there in just a little bit. And I would love for you to meet with him back there. And we have a gift we'd like to give to you. And no pressure at all, but we just want to give you a gift and uh, let you know we love you. And uh, you might have already done it last week. And uh, also, we want to let you know that uh, in, on campus last week was 270 people. Online was 126 people. We had... 396 people in worship last week. So let's give God a praise for that. Amen. Do we have a hat? And so 
uh, we have had this thing going ever since I first came to Columbus that when we hit 300, Pastor Phil has to wear a funny hat. So guess what's gonna happen next week? I'm not promising how long I'll have it on, but I will wait for pictures. Pastor Phil's gonna wear a funny hat next week because we hit the 300 and I gotta do it, I said I would. So just bring your friends, say, listen, this is the best week to come. You can see our pastor wearing a funny hat and uh, Darlene has been working on this hat for quite a while. She's had faith that we were gonna cross the 300 mark. So she's been working on this for quite a while. So uh, come if you wanna see that. Bow your heads. Father, thank you for the love of Christ. Thank you for the many blessings you've given to us. Lord, as we give back to you, help it to be from a heart of joy. Lord, you are the one that uh, deserves our praise and, and honor of our giving. Lord, I pray that uh, we would see that every dollar that we give is an investment in these ones that are being saved and these ones that are being baptized. We give you glory and honor for all you're doing and all you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. And Crystal, would you bring me that microphone? And Pastor Dave, would you come up? You've got yours? Oh, they're on top of it. Come on up. Pastor Dave has something he wants to share with us. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Wasn't that a great message? Let's just give him a hand and say, thank God. Let me tell you what I know. I'm glad I know the shepherd, amen. We are trying to build a discipleship culture here at Cap City. And we have a threefold process. We like for people to go through and we've resurrected kind of a, a, an old thing, but it's a new thing that's bringing much fruit. And that is how, having people walk through the purpose-driven life uh, with another trusted friend and then to have a discipleship class and then to enter into what we call growth tracks. And there are three people today that I am just thrilled uh, to be able to give a certificate for they have completed walking through 40 days of purpose-driven life. Now, what that means is they just don't read it. They read it, and each day then they text. It just so happens these three have all been walking with me and, uh, and my wife, Connie. And so they read the, the question for the day. Then they text me an answer, and my wife. And then we send back, and so it goes on for 40 days. And uh, there are a number of people who have gone through this, and I understand from what uh, Pastor Phil says uh, that we've seen over 50 people come to Christ since the 1st of June. I think we ought to give God a hand. Amen. But I'd like to ask Pamela and John and Mandy if they would come forward, and I am so pleased. And when I give them... Uh, this certificate, I want you to know, I want you to really give praise to God because this is a huge, huge thing. And you can take your mask off. I've already had COVID. And so <laughs> you don't have to have your mask on with me. And uh, so I am so pleased to give this. And I want to make sure I'm saying your last name, Lagunzat. Is that right? Lagunzat. Okay, like Cozat. Pamela Lagunzat. And Pamela, um, I just want you just to say for a moment, I want to give you this. Uh, has this been a help to you? Absolutely. Um, I had veered away from God. I came to him a, a long time ago as a young child, and it brought me back. And it's blessed my life beyond belief. God bless you, family. Amen. Let's give her a hand. 
Hold on, just stay here just a second. And Pamela now has entered into uh, a second personal study, and that's called Living in the Power of One. And that's the book that Stan Toller and I wrote together. And uh, we just have a very few people who are going into that personal study, but she's doing that as well. So Pamela, God bless you. We want you to know we love you. We thank God for you. And the second is John Weir's. No, stand right here. And the third is Mandy Chamberlain. And let's give them a great hand. They have threatened me with my life if I make them talk. So, <laughs> so let me just say this. Has this been a help to you? Just yes or no. You can say yes. And you closely examine yourself after going through each chapter. Amen. Anything you want to say? I know. <laughs> I promised her I wouldn't. And so, uh, but I do know they have been so faithful. And day after day, they would write the answer. They decided not to text. They decided to write it in a little journal. And uh, it was fun because sometimes... Uh, their answers would come in sideways. And, and it was a little tough to figure out how to get it written, but we were able to make it, weren't we? And uh, they were so faithful every day. And God is honoring them and blessing them. And uh, I will say this. Mandy said, Pastor, you know a lot about me. Not because I asked her, because she just shared. I just know more about her, and they are both and uh, they are friends of God. So as they make their way down, let's give them a great hand and really rejoice. Let's do it. Amen. Amen. And if you are interested in that, we'd love to do that. And I want to say one last thing, and then I'll get out of here. And that is, will you please pray for Connie and I next week on Tuesday and our general superintendent, we are going to Arizona, and we are going to be working with our churches out there, and we are putting together what we are going to call the Arizona Project. And the Arizona Project is something uh, that our denomination is kind of getting involved, where we want to try to help churches to get healthy. We want to plant churches. We want to reach out to the uh, Native Americans. We want to reach out to Hispanic culture. Uh, we want to reach out with other denominations. It's a huge thing. And I would like for you as a church just to pray. Cover us with prayer. Cover the state with prayer. And when we come back, if you've ever wanted to go to Arizona, we're going to put some things together. And some of you will be able to go to Arizona and be involved in some kind of mission work. So thank you very much. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Pastor David. We appreciate you so much. I uh, just, someone handed me uh, uh, something special. We have one of our elder statesmen who is 91 today. That is Jim Weathy. Can you stand, please? And let's, let's say a big happy birthday to him. Happy birthday, Jim. Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Just a quick announcement. We do have a security meeting right after church in the conference room. And don't forget next week is hymn sing. They come around every four weeks. They come fast. We have some new singers starting next week, so we're so excited. Be here at 10 o'clock for a cup of coffee and ha to have some fun. Have a wonderful rest of the week, and God bless you.